story of a season. He's all by himself, fires into the end zone, caught, touchdown! Here's your host, Truman Chose. You're listening on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We have now finished week nine of the NFL season, which means that each team has completed either eight or nine of their 17 games. So we are roughly halfway through the season for every team. In fact, we are exactly halfway through the number of regular season NFL games. So as such, it feels like as good a time as any to assess uh, some of my preseason predictions. There is still plenty of football left to be played an entire half of the season. But now that we're not just relying on overreactions to one game or some training camp rumors, there are some things that I think we can say with more confidence. So first off, teams that I got right. I picked the Eagles and Bills to be the number one seeds in their respective conferences, following in the footsteps of much of the analytics community. Uh, Anything can happen, but they're both very clearly two of the top teams in the league right now. I don't think that's up for debate. Uh, This has basically been best-case scenario for the Eagles. Much has been made of their easy schedule. Yes, they have not played too many terribly great teams, Uh, and that is part of why I predicted them to do quite well this year is because we knew uh, going into the season that this would be a weaker schedule. Uh, But their success has also been because of being a legitimately good team. Jalen Hurts is playing at a Pro Bowl level uh, thanks to their offensive weapons. Their offensive and defensive lines are both terrific. And they're the only NFC team without a major question mark right now, I would say. I trust their offense and their defense. Uh, Coach Nick Sirianni, uh, we doubted him before. He's clearly quite good. Uh, So I think the Eagles, I'm going to say that I called them. Uh, I'll also take some minor credit for predicting the Vikings and the Seahawks. Not as much. I predicted the Vikings to win the NFC North, and given the rest of their division, it would take a historical collapse at this point not to do so. They are 7-1. and one. Uh, The Bears and Packers are in second and third with a 3-6 and six record. Uh, the Vikings, so as I said, they've won seven games, but it somehow felt like an underperformance. Uh, I expected Kirk Cousins and the offense to absolutely pop this year, but they've been just fine. After the first two weeks, every game has been a one-possession game, and they've won every single one. So they've gone 6-0, and oh, in one-possession games, which, as you know, is not sustainable for the future. Uh, additionally, as I suggested that the Seahawks could end up being a sneaky wildcard team and weren't as bad as everyone thought, but officially, I predicted that they'd be mediocre minus Russell Wilson. So instead, they're leading the NFC West and looking legitimately good. Uh, that being said, even though I predicted there was a chance they could be good, the way I would have expected that to happen... Uh, would have been thanks to the defense, and in recent weeks that has been partly the case, but I would not have expected Geno Smith to make a borderline MVP case. Uh, he's also had a shockingly good offensive line. Uh, when you have targets like DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, that obviously helps a lot. So maybe the Russell Wilson trade was, in fact, a good move. I thought that was one of the worst moves in recent memory, sticking with Russell Wilson, one of the best players in the league, versus Pete Carroll, a 70-year-old coach who's probably not going to be coaching too much longer in the NFL and hasn't been as good in recent years, you know, why would you make that trade? At this point, though, it's very clear that I owe Pete Carroll an apology. What he's done with the team that most expected to be competing for a top-five pick 
in the first round is nothing short of remarkable. So moving on, two teams who I absolutely whiffed on are the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I figured that the Broncos were going to follow in the steps of the Buccaneers and the Rams in recent years, the last two teams to win the Super Bowl, and I figured that they would add their one final piece to put them over the top for a potential Super Bowl roster. I didn't predict a Super Bowl win for them, but I did figure that they would be at least playoff contenders and in the upper echelon of the league. I also predicted Russell Wilson to win the MVP award this year. However, I did not expect Nathaniel Hackett to be such a horrible decision maker at coach. Thinking back to week one, where he had uh, the field goal attempt from very far back rather than just going for a fourth and five to make it a little bit easier, uh, to when the crowd was literally counting down the game clock for him, he has not proven himself to be very good at in-game decision-making. I also did not expect Russell Wilson to have some injuries that have hampered his performance so much, and I probably underrated the extent to which he may have been part of the problem in Seattle. You know, I essentially put most of the blame on Pete Carroll for the dysfunction that was going on in the organization, but I think in all likelihood, uh, everyone was probably a little bit to blame. So whatever the case, the offense has averaged 15 points a game, and it's never scored higher than 23. Even if Denver somehow squeaks into the playoffs on the backs of their very good defense, it's fair to say I missed this one. So then moving on to Indianapolis. Uh, since around 2018, the Colts regime under Frank Reich and Chris Ballard has been media darlings for first having turned around a 1-5 one, one team in back in 2018 to a playoff spot, even winning a playoff game that year against the Houston Texans. Uh, and then also for the past few years, remaining afloat after Andrew Luck's shocking retirement. But maybe the Colts deserved more criticism for never being able to get the quarterback situation right. It's been three years. You can only go so long making the excuse of, oh, we were caught off guard by Andrew Luck's retirement. And outside of a Jonathan Taylor breakout season, they haven't had too many top-tier weapons on offense. But I figure they could be at least counted on for stability. They've been a very uh, stable franchise the last few years, offensive line been being very solid, some solid defensive players. Uh, my guess is that with the lack of any plan for the last three years, there was more tension in Indianapolis behind the scenes than we were privy to at the start of the year. It's been one of the most chaotic teams this season, behind only maybe the Panthers or Raiders. The offensive line went from being one of the best in the league to one of the absolute worst. Jonathan Taylor has been one of the biggest fantasy football draft busts in recent memory. Matt Ryan was supposed to be the latest veteran to come in and save the season, but he got benched halfway uh, which is even worse than Philip Rivers or Carson Wentz did. Fol following a 26-3 loss to the Patriots, Frank Reich was recently fired, and they hired Jeff Saturday, an ESPN analyst and former Colt center, to coach the team. So maybe Saturday will turn the team around, but it's fair to say that I misjudged the, the Reich-Ryan Colts. Uh, there are also a number of teams that I just expected to continue being the dregs of the league. The Jets and Giants being the most obvious ones, but the Falcons have looked decent as well, and the Bears have at least seemed competent in the last month. Congratulations to all these teams for remaining relevant in the playoff race. I did not expect that whatsoever. In other news, NFL scoring is down this year. Teams are only averaging 21.8 points per game, as opposed to last year's 22. It's the lowest since the average of 21.7 points per game in 2017, and outside of that year, the lowest since the average of 21.5 in 2010. CBS Sports reported a couple weeks ago that Executive Vice President Troy Vincent believes the lack of scoring in the red zone 
is why scoring in total is down. At the time, a couple weeks ago when the article was published, NFL teams were scoring touchdowns in the red zone only 56.5% of the time, which is also the lowest since 2017. Consider this as well. According to Football Outsiders DVOA ratings, the Tampa Bay offense you saw barely score 16 points last week against the Rams is actually about league average. They also have Green Bay's slightly above them, a little bit above average. Ben Baldwin ranks the Buccaneers slightly below league average as well in terms of offensive uh, expected points added per play. That seems absurd until you start to look around the league and look at the list of offenses they have ranked under them. Arguments can be made for some of them actually being adequate offenses, especially in recent weeks, but it is not at all an unreasonable list. Several offenses, like Houston or Carolina, are just very clearly bad. Others, like Denver or the LA Rams, were supposed to be good uh, in our preseason expectations, but have vastly underperformed this year. And some, like Chicago's, have showed some promise, but still leave several questions to be answered. And just think of all the other sad offenses around the league. Washington, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. The fact is, many offenses just are not very good this year. Funnily enough, given that this season has been the worst offensively since 2017, this year is reminding me of that season quite a bit in several other ways. In 2017, there were several random teams who made the playoffs without quarterbacks previously considered elite. Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, and Nick Foles all played in the AFC and NFC Championship games that year. Marcus Mariota and Tyrod Taylor were some other playoff quarterbacks. Alex Smith and Jared Goff also had some breakout seasons. This year, if current standings remain the same, Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones would both be in the playoffs. Geno Smith and Tua Tagovailoa, who previously have not been considered elite but are having breakout years and making MVP cases, would also make it. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, they are all currently 500 or worse. Whatever the cause may be, restricted preseason, defense is just finally adjusting, if there's any year where a mediocre offense can make a playoff run, this is going to be it. For those just tuning in, this is Story of a Season. I'm your host, Truman Chose, and you're listening on WRFH 101.7 FM. Moving on then to NFL Power Rankings for this week. Uh, my top three is remaining consistent. At some point, these are getting kind of old because we're seeing a lot of the same old, same old teams. Uh, the top three remains Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, I think still in that order. I am going to move the Eagles up this week after the Bills loss. Uh, the Eagles beat the Houston Texans. It was slightly closer than everyone expected. They were tied for a decent amount of the game. And this is the arguably the best team in the league versus arguably the worst team in the league, so it felt like it should have been by more than 12 points, but it was still a fairly solid win. Advanced stats like the win quite a bit, and again, Buffalo lost. I do not buy the Philadelphia is just a total mirage. A DVOA, which adjusts for strength of schedule, now has them at number one. Yes, they have had a weaker schedule. Good teams beat up on bad teams. Uh, it is possible that they will get to the playoffs without having had a serious contest, but even so, I think that they are one of the top teams in the league. Eagles at number one, Buffalo Bills at number two. I am going to move them down slightly after the Jets loss. Uh, they have played a little more radically recently. There were a number of turnovers in that game, which won't always be the case, 
but it did bring the Bills down to earth a little bit. They now just have a 6-2 and two record. Uh, Aaron Schatz said that so far the Bills uh, have looked like a very good team, not like one of the best teams of all time. I think that is unfortunately the case. I was kind of hoping for the Bills to just be a ridiculously amazing team this year. It looks like they're just going to be very good. They'll play the Vikings next week. I think that will be a good test of how good the Vikings are as well as how good the Bills are. Bills at number two. Chiefs at three, still keeping them up there even after their tight game against the Tennessee Titans, uh, which they only won 20-17 to in overtime. Patrick Mahomes threw over 60 passes in that game to Malik Willis's, I, I want to say it was about 13. Uh, so big differential there. Uh, so the Chiefs have looked very beatable this year. They they were almost 5-3 and three if Ryan Tannehill had been playing in that game. I think it is likely that the Titans would have won. That being said, the Chiefs have still looked like one of the best teams in the league overall as a whole. Again, they've still got excellent playmakers on offense, great coach, great quarterback. Uh, this next week's game against the Jaguars should be an interesting test. Chiefs number three. Then I have a number of teams that I have kind of packed below the top three. Uh, at number four, I think I am going to put Baltimore, currently six and three. They just beat the Saints on Monday Night Football, and it wasn't particularly close. All of their losses have been very close. People earlier in the season were concerned about how they seem to be blowing big leads. My contention was that it was impressive that they had the big leads in the first place. And so, yes, the fact that they lost those games should be taken into account, but they shouldn't be totally written off as contenders. They have, for the vast majority of the minutes of their games, looked very good with just a few weak minutes when it mattered most added in there. So Ravens, I am going to slot at number four as they head into the bye week. Uh, they sit at six and three, top of the AFC North. Uh, so they should very much be in playoff contention. Number five, I am going to put the 49ers who are currently 4-4. Four and four. That being said, having added Christian McCaffrey, I think they are going to look even better over the last half of the season if how they played against the Rams is any uh, showing. Uh, 49ers, I think it is mostly injuries that have been getting them down. But once they get healthier, Jimmy Garoppolo, still one of the most underrated, most efficient quarterbacks in the league, one an elite defense, uh, I think that they are very much a Super Bowl threat and probably the biggest uh, contenders besides Philadelphia in the NFC. Number six, I'm going to put the Cowboys just behind them. They have also had an excellent defense. They were just on bye, so we haven't learned too much about them recently. But if they can combine their defense with the offense we saw against the Bears, Dallas is going to be very scary and one of the elite teams in the NFC. Uh, number seven, I'm going to put the Bengals, who absolutely throttled the Panthers this week. Yes, it is just the Panthers, but great teams are supposed to beat bad teams. So it was impressive nonetheless as they go into their bye. Hopefully they got some of the stench of that Browns loss off. Bengals at seven. And then number eight, I'm going to put the Jets, who just beat the Bills at home. I think that if you play the Jets at an at an average schedule a billion times, and then the Bills, an average schedule a billion times, the, the Jets are going to win fewer games than the Bills, but it is now very clear 
that they are a threat to the Bills in the AFC East. They could legitimately win the division. I think the Bills are better overall, but the Jets have shown that they are a legitimate team. Their defense is now excellent. It is very much improved over the course of the year. Zach Wilson and that offense, especially with Brees Hill out, is still a major weakness. That is my main concern. So Jets at eight. Moving on then to game picks for this upcoming week. Uh, Our first game is the Seattle Seahawks facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Germany. Right now, the Buccaneers are favored uh, just for point of reference, but I like the Seahawks to win this game outright. I think that they have clearly been a better team than the Buccaneers. Uh, I don't see why the Buccaneers should be favored. They aren't actually at home. This is a game in Germany. I think... Vegas is expecting Tom Brady to really start his revenge tour after that last drive against the Rams where he won. They're expecting that to energize the team. That is very possible. It's possible that Seattle is on a four-game winning streak and is going to come down to earth just a little bit. But that being said, I think Seattle has been the better team. I think they're the better bet, which is weird to say for a team led by Geno Smith versus a team led by Tom Brady. So I am going to take Seattle to win 28-24. to uh, Next, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Chiefs. I like the Jaguars to keep this one somewhat close. They still have a positive point differential despite just being 3-6. and six. All of their losses have been very close. Uh, so there's some bad luck there with their record. The Chiefs are a very good team. I think one of the best. But I think they might have a slight scare against this Jacksonville team, which is a team hungry for another win after they just beat the Raiders last week. Doug Peterson is very familiar with the Chiefs, having spent some time there. So he should be able to know some of the ins and outs there. So I'm going to take the Jaguars to keep it close against the Chiefs, still lose, but keep it close at, let's say, 28-26. to Uh, Next, we have the Green Bay Packers against the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are favored by quite a bit, which makes sense. They are very clearly the better team. Uh, That being said, I think the Packers are going to really want a win this week. They're 3-6. and This is essentially their season. Uh, If they lose this one, they'll be 3-7. and They won't technically be out of the playoffs. But if they can win, get to 4-6, and that's the record they had back in 2016 when Aaron Rodgers said that they were going to run the table make the playoffs. I don't think this team is anywhere near as good as that 2016 team was. There are very few weapons on offense, but I think the Packers are a desperate team right now. The Cowboys, uh, they are coming off a bye, but I'm just banking on an Aaron Rodgers desperation game to keep it close and win at home 27-21. to uh, And then next we have the Steelers uh, versus the Saints. Just for frame of reference, the Steelers are also home underdogs. Uh, but I like them to win outright against the Saints. They are 2-6. and six. This one is also their season. This one is sort of the season for the Saints, who dropped to 3-7. and seven, But they also play in the NFC South, one of the worst divisions in recent memory. Uh, the Steelers have not had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. I think that with the bye week, it is possible that he has righted the ship a bit. And this is not a overly strong Saints team that they are playing. I think that they can at least keep it close. I think that at home, 
They're going to they're gonna be hungry for a win. They were capable of beating the Bucks and the Bengals earlier this season. So I'm going to take the Steelers to feast on some Saints mistakes and win a low-scoring game, 23-17. to 17. So then for our final game, uh, we have the Raiders against the Colts. I think that the Raiders are going to absolutely crush Indianapolis. This is the first game without Frank Reich and with Jeff Saturday instead at coach. Maybe it's possible that the Colts are super motivated after not having Frank Reich as their quarterback now, but I think that Jeff Saturday just randomly coming in, well, somewhat randomly coming in, uh, is going to be uh, very chaotic. The Raiders are 2-6. and six. They desperately need a win. Uh, I think that this is the week where Devontae and Derek Carr and everyone, Darren Waller, finally put it together. And they play a complete game. They have shown that they are capable. They have had several losses that were uh, quite bad. They dropped a number of games where they led by 17 points or more, including last week against the Jaguars. So I think this week the Raiders coming off of an embarrassing loss. They are going to beat the Colts very handily, 30-16. to 16. All right, thank you so much for listening. Again, this has been Story of a Season. Uh, I'm your host, Truman Chose. Tune in next week at Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.